Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the ball versus Brendan Eight. Oh, wow. No! Well, here we are, round five, and uh, Ryan and Tommy back with you. This is the Supercoach 365 podcast, a month already behind us, and as you heard there in the intro, Vossi and Brandy going at it. Tom Travojevic, no, no, no. It's happened again, Tommy. Turbo's out for four, maybe six weeks. It's uh, not a, the note we wanted to start on here tonight. No, not at all. Good day, Ryan. Uh, pretty disappointing for those who held him. Obviously, it was probably a a dwindling amount of people given his price and his break even but still he's he's out and it has a bigger impact on the game obviously with Manly now probably going to struggle without him aren't they yeah they will and uh, the betting reflects that topsport.com.au we'll get into our round five previews uh, very very soon of course uh, Manly kick us off on Thursday night so we don't have to wait too long to see the impacts of Tommy missing here in round five speaking about gun fullbacks though uh, we'll look back on round four before we look ahead to uh, the new week's footy, and uh, the man we've spoken about so much here, one of our favourites, Ryan Pappenhausen, 193 against the Dogs, four tries, plenty of goals if you don't mind, and he just shows that he is up there in the conversation of the best fullbacks in the game. Yeah, absolutely. This was a great performance. I wanted the, probably the first, obviously, big score this year, mega score, 193. Yeah. Almost a throwback to the 2021 days, really, of these sort of attacking players just dominating he was brilliant and uh yeah those who captain him were absolutely laughing on sunday afternoon tell you who wouldn't be laughing the boys over at the uh super coach experience i think they were thinking the melbourne weather down there may have an impact on that game it didn't the storm far too good for the dogs in the end but i guess they are like some others at the weekend would have went to james tedesco who himself found a bit of that teddy form back and the roosters look good uh in round four as well Finally, they're starting to click. Um, speaking of guns, though, Nathan Cleary, he made a return as well last weekend. Uh, I don't know his score in the end. I think it was mid-30s. Um, you could probably tell us. I think you brought him in last week. and Not the score that you were hoping for first up from uh, Penrith's King, I think you called him last week. <laughs> yeah, look, it wasn't the score. I probably pulled the trigger a little early. But 
in hindsight, hindsight's 2020, isn't it? We didn't yeah. really know that he would go. He didn't play that poorly. He just probably wasn't that involved. His first game back for six months. So I think the performance was okay and uh, still good signs for the next few weeks. And they've got a pretty good run coming up, the Panthers. They do. Let's recap some of the results from the weekend. Here they are now on your screen. Of course, if you are listening to us on uh, your podcast feeds, jump on over to YouTube, Supercoach365, same podcast, but a little bit more. Thursday night footy, that game there, the Titans and the Tigers, that kicked us off eight points to six. Uh, we won't dwell too much on that. I think best, uh, you know, what we don't say about that game, better left unsaid. The Sharks, too good for the Knights. Uh, Nico Hines and co. clicking into gear, 18 points to nil. Cleary's Panthers, 26-12 to 12 over the Rabbitohs. And I think that scoreline probably flatters the Rabbitohs a little bit, I think, Tommy. I think Penrith were, were clinical, really, and 14 points, the margin in the end. It could have been much bigger. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I was on the 13-plus for Panthers, so I was sweating it. But it shouldn't have been a sweat. They were a far superior team. And um, I think the first four rounds have shown us when Penrith want to be the best team in the comp, they simply are. They are. And some of those other results from the weekend, of course, Saturday, that first game on Saturday, the Warriors, 20 points to six victors over the Broncos. Um, And, of course wrong graphic there but we'll play on uh of course uh some other results there manly and turbo too good for the raiders 25 points to six he played on despite that injury uh we said he's out for four to six weeks so a show of toughness there from tommy and then of course teddy and the roosters clicked into gear 28 points to four over the cowboys uh up there and again i don't think they really look uh troubled beyond the first 10 minutes either the roosters so these bigger teams starting to click into gear in round four and maybe a sign of what's to come in the coming weeks as well as these teams these teams we thought they'd be near towards the top of the ladder start to find their or start to click into their gears yeah, it was almost a return to what we saw last year. A few of these blowout scores. The Roosters were really impressive on Saturday night, I thought. And then on Sunday, we also saw the Storm beat the Bulldogs 44-0. And Pappy was the star of the show there. And then the Eels, they really turned it on on Sunday night, 48-14 to over the Dragons. And what about that try at the end for Mitch Moses? That was a great viewing. Yeah, they had a bit of fun with it in the end, didn't they, uh, the Eels? And that's, I guess, the class that we're going to get from these teams. And when you're up by that much, uh, you can afford to play with a little bit of flair. Speaking of uh, big scores, we'll throw our own up here on your screens here now from uh, last week. And round four, it was a bit of that. You already said it there at the top there, Tommy, the return to, to high scoring. And Pappenhausen, if you had him as captain last week, you were just elevated and thrust into that upper echelon of, of high scores. Yeah, exactly right. If you didn't have him, you were watching that game just wanting it to end because the longer it went, the better it was going. Uh, we obviously both captained him, so that, mm. for me, it saved my score because I was on track for a pretty low one. But, yeah, thank God for Ryan Pappenau. Yeah, and there were some scores uh, you already mentioned there to come in that um, Parramatta and, and Dragons game. If you were holding Moses, if you were holding Dylan Brown, uh, you did even better than... Uh, well, I saw my score at the end of that Storm game and I thought, we're on a winner this week, top 1%. And then as that, as that Eels game went on and Moses and Brown, two of these, really, look at it, much more affordable halves compared to Hines and Cleary and even Munster and Cody Walker if you started with him over a Dylan Brown. Um, suddenly, you did fall a little bit behind and I think scores upwards of 1,400, 1,500, you know, close to uh, were the order of the day. That's probably a good segue into this. We'll do it now. Uh, good, bad, and ugly, Tommy. Uh, let's start with the good. I'll kick us off, and of course, we've already mentioned it there. Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, what a way to round out Sunday afternoon for Paps and the Storm. What did he finish on? 193. We've we've got it here. So, 
Massive score. Yeah, huge. Um, I said to you and another mate in the morning, I hope he gets 300 today with the captain. And he, he went beyond that. He almost got 400. It was exactly what I needed. A lot of people would have needed it as well. So it was awesome to see. Uh, that was probably my good as well, but you've taken it. So I'll go with a few of my cheapies going well the other day. Ruben Cotter, yep. who I got in last week. I thought he did another good job getting in the 50s. And Cooler, Tolo Cooler, the speedster from Manly. Uh, he got a run the other night against the Raiders. He got a an early try or he set up a try at the start and then he's yeah. also got the fullback jersey this week so he's my good nice little assist it was for Garrick early so straight away you knew if you were playing with him um, he was making cash and, and now as it, as it turns out he's got a place in this team what looks to be a little bit of an extended run so uh, well done if you managed to find him last week and, and congratulations to you if you can hold on to him for the next month um, let's talk the bad <clears throat> I'm going to kick us off here with Cam Munster. We've spoken about Paps and his massive score, and even Jerome Hughes found a way to tip in, but Munster just couldn't keep up his high scores and what we've seen from him the past two or three weeks. No, it was quite surprising given the nature of the game. You know, the Storm completely dominant. Paps gets 193 and Munster gets 33. Um, if I feel, I don't know how many people captain Munster, probably not a lot, but those yeah. who decided just to go with Munster instead of Paps, they would have absolutely been distraught uh, watching that game on Sunday. My bad is the same as last week. Tony Staggs, I, I just mm. keep holding him and I keep waiting, expecting to see the Katoni of old, but it's just not coming. That whole right side, Cobo looked awful as well. So Brisbane have a bit of soul searching to do, I think. Yeah, I think I heard a stat either yesterday or today on the uh, Bloke podcast and Rugby League Guru, Shandor Oil doing good things. I think they said combined uh, in the past. Well, in this game alone, Stags and Cobo combined for eight errors, and Cobo himself in the past two weeks has had eleven errors. So, not what you want from um, that right side out there at Brisbane that was tipped to do big things this year. I still, I'm, I'm almost at the point now where I'm happy to hold Stags. You look at his break even; it's about forty-four. You know, so I mean, really, he, all he needs is one good run, and, and he gets that. So, uh, for now, if you're still holding on to him, um, I. It's almost at that point now where you just have to cop it. Um, but anyway, let's finish on the ugly because this is where I was getting to in terms of not holding Dylan Brown. This was my ugly for the week because not holding Brown, it just meant suddenly I went from what looked a top 1% score and flying up the charts to just peg back a little bit. Still a good score last week, but not quite as good as it was if you were holding Brown or Moses for that matter. Yeah, Dylan Brown has been one of the performances of the year. So performers of the year so far. I always thought he had ability, but I don't know. He didn't really show it for me last year. But yeah, he's really come out this season with something to prove, and he's doing just that. Um, my ugly was it was really ugly. I think um, I really got excited last week. I decided to trade out Teddy for Hines, mm. which is a decision I just rushed into, and you know immediately I feel that was the wrong thing to do. Teddy came out and played really well. He got about 87 I think and Hines he was alright as well he only got 44 though so it wasn't the right move in the end and uh, yep. I'll come back to you later about what I've done about that yeah stay tuned we'll do our trading places towards the back end of the podcast as well as getting into some of your questions and uh, I had a quick look in the Instagram today Tommy there's plenty of those and some good ones as well so stick around for that uh, before we do get into round f- our round 5 preview a reminder, um, if you haven't already joined our overall group to do so, uh, free to play, absolutely not a cent. We will charge you to be a part of this. The last time we looked, there was close to 1,400 people in it. Use the code here, 576855. 
Um, some massive scores here. I think top of our chart here is the seventh overall who is doing good things. So it's, a, it's pretty competitive and some big names in here. And um, it kind of gives you a gauge as much as the overall league as to how far off the pace you may be or perhaps you know how close you are to tacking on to some of those leaders. $500 free to play, 576855. Find this under your leagues and then add the group and that prize money courtesy of top tippers. Uh, this season, of course, Tommy, we had our tipping comp up and going. I think I tipped seven from eight last week on top tippers. Um, I'd love to be able to say where I'm ranking in the competition. Unfortunately, the app's still having some troubles, but uh, word is that it's uh, it's coming along. So be persistent, keep putting your tips in, and uh, sure and soon enough, we'll uh, be able to get a gauge of how we're stacking up next to everyone else. Yeah, exactly right. Just keep putting your tips in. Obviously, it's not ideal not being able to see how you're going compared to mm. your friends and that, but as long as you keep putting them in, uh, it'll all be accounted for in the end. Another 500 as well, um, courtesy of Dean and Top Tippers. So they've thrown up a $1,000 prize money, so no reason to not be a part of it. And it takes a couple of seconds, put your tips in, and uh, as we say, soon and sure enough, hopefully we'll be able to see where we're going there. Uh, before we get into round five, one more plug for ourselves. If you are here on YouTube, uh, please uh, be kind enough to subscribe and leave a, a comment or two. I think there's um, been a couple of comments in the last few weeks, which is good. People are getting involved. Uh, and as well, you can find us right across the socials at Supercoach365. We, we probably do our best work on the podcast. You can get us Spotify, iTunes, wherever you do listen there as well. Tommy, let's get into this. Round five. Kicks off on Thursday, as we say. The turbo-less Sea Eagles head up the uh, up the highway to go to Newcastle and take on the Knights. Um, the Knights, they shot out of the cannon early, two from two. They've sort of been brought back to the pack the last two weeks, failing to get a win. And this will be a real test, although they've gone from outsiders here on topsport.com.au on the back of that turbo news into $1.80 favourites, the Sea Eagles $2.00. Yeah, well, I think that's a bit of an overreaction to say the Knights are favourites here. Um, yeah, what do you make of the Knights? I know pre-season you were quite vocal, in fact, saying that you think they'll get the spoon or at least be bottom four. Yeah. First two games, they look pretty good. They've come out and lost two against harder opposition since. They look like they can't score a lot of points. I think that's their main issue. It is. And we said it with the Dogs last week. I think we sat here and said, if you can't score points, you can't win games. They didn't even look like scoring last week. The Knights maybe were a little bit harsh on them, saying they could get the spoon. And I sort of said that this this start to the season would either set up their season in, in one way or another. They surprised us against the Roosters. We came out, we issued a public apology. That's how much they surprised us. The past two weeks, I really haven't been surprised. And I just think it's going to get worse before it gets better for Newcastle. I said to you before we started here tonight, they've almost been blessed in the past two weeks. Uh, they came up against the uh, Panthers, obviously, without Cleary, without Fisher-Harris, without Liam Martin. Now they get a go at uh, the Seagulls without Turbo. So this tough run to the year, maybe it's not even as tough as it is. And if they go 2-3, and three, I think they can go 2-6 and because I think it's just going to continue to spiral. Yeah, it's a sort of game they probably have to win, I guess, to try and be competitive at the back end of the year because Manly without Turbo have shown that they're quite beatable in the past few years. Um, yep. Probably the only super coach note for Knights for me, Chris Randall the other day actually played 80 minutes and he got a base score of 62. So that was good signs for those who still have him. He's still making some good money for everybody. Yep, he is. And so too will that man, uh, Tolotau Kula, who starts in jersey number one. Uh, and also in the centre is a new name, Christian Tuipalotu, I think formerly of uh, the Sydney Roosters and North Sydney Bears. So he's made his way to... The Seagulls here, 
What do you make of Cherry Evans last week, Tommy? I think he was. Um, I think he got the two Dalian points. Turbo got the three, but I think Cherry should have really taken all six the way yeah. that he played. Yeah, I can't believe he didn't get three because he, uh, being a Raiders fan, I can tell you he kicked us to death. He's uh, he's his kicking boot was lethal the other night. It was really good to see. If you're a Manly fan or a DCE fan, um, are you surprised that Cooler is the one for Manly? I thought we might see Garrick there as he's filled in in the past, but uh, Des is obviously going with the youngster. Yeah, I don't know if this is mind games because I think the last time this happened, Garrick did end up playing one. It might have even been against the Cowboys around 17 last year, 13 or 17, one of those origin games. And then I think it was um, Tavita Funa, in fact, who went back to the wing and we're expecting Funa to start at fullback. So maybe a bit of mind games here. I haven't actually seen a lot of Cooler at fullback in the New South Wales Cup or previously the, uh, the Flag Cup. So... Keep an eye on that. I don't know what that means through Supercoach scores. You think uh, it could only be a good thing, really. Um, bottom dollar, CTW, getting minutes at fullback, tackle busts, lots of runs, maybe even a try assist. So it could be good things. Yeah, we'll get, we'll definitely get to see. I hope he does play fullback because we'll just get a good glimpse at actually how good he is. You know, um, yep. He did play well in the centres the other night, but he was getting some great ball off Tommy Turbo. So this is obviously a bigger test for him. Um, I'm going to go with Manly here, I think. I'm surprised they're outsiders. Obviously, Tom's a big out, but I still think they might have enough class to get the job done. They're getting a start as well with topsport.com.au, uh, plus one and a half for $1.90 each of two there. You just look at the experience, though, in the six and the seven. I think that's where this game will be won. Foran and Cherry Evans, they just have to take control there without Tommy and uh, big game players, those two are, especially DCE. So if it comes down to that you know, final moments, you know he's going to ice it uh, with a field goal or something of that kind as well. So uh, give me Manly there as well. Just one other note here in terms of uh, super coach relevant players. Brody Jones, perhaps, um, could be a man you look to this week in the next couple of weeks. He gets a star here. Not the most dynamic back rower, but he does get through some, some base work, I'll say. Not a lot, but um, looks to get a good go at this starting role four, six weeks, whatever it may be. So it could be some cash to be made there. Yeah, absolutely. And also draft comps, if he's on the wave wire, maybe look at him. I'd say Frizzell is probably only 50-50 to play. I think he's carrying an injury and you've got Momosia there on the bench. So, mm-hmm. or Leo Thompson even. So you could see maybe a late change. I think this is the week where Jason Saar breaks his drought as well. I think he gets a try. Um, the Knights, the past couple of weeks, have just been jamming in down their left side, their opponent's right. So uh, Saab, I think if I'm playing try scorers any time with top sport, I'd be uh, I'd be going that way. Uh, indeed. Anything else here, or are we keen to move on to Friday night footy? Cause, uh, move it along. Let's move it on. This one, uh, 6 p.m. game, if ever we've seen it. The Warriors and the Cowboys. Although, in saying that, probably two of the... I won't say better performances, but um, Cowboys obviously a hotter start to the year than what we anticipated, and maybe even you could say about the Warriors. I know they've won two games in a row, not the most convincing fashion, but they're, they're there and they've got four points to their name. Yeah, I don't know what to make of the Warriors. Uh, preseason, I was pretty keen that they'd go well, and then I haven't been at all impressed the last few weeks. Even though they've been winning, they've been beating pretty ordinary sides, I guess. But yep. I look at their team this week, and they've Johnson's back. He played all right the other day. I like Johnson, Harris, DeVita together in the halves. I think that's a combination that they should stick with going forward. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I think you obviously get that older head there in SJ, but <clears throat> excuse me, uh, CHT. I think we, we're just starting to see how good this kid is, and I don't think we've even scratched the surface really. And the two wins, I don't think it's a coincidence that they've coincided with Reese Walsh being back and on deck for them and, and playing somewhere near his best footy as well. So 
Uh, young spine there. I've actually been probably, you mentioned those three names in the spine, but Wade Egan, I think even he's taken his game to um, somewhat of a new level this year. He gets through his work. He's no nonsense. He finds the odd try. And I keep hearing a lot about Blake Braley. I think it's sort of the same progression we're seeing here with Wade Egan as well, just just lifting his game past more than just a, a 50 tackles per game sort of merchant. Yeah, and then I also like Cody as a 14 option. I think he's a genuine 14. He can be like a, a Dylan Walker, come on and play a few various roles in yeah. the middle of the field and give Egan uh, some rest. Uh, Adam Fennell Blake is a bit of an out. He's in the reserves, but not expected to play probably a bit of a blow because I think some people do have him in classic comps. Uh, Bunty Afoa will replace him uh, for the cows. Scott Drinkwater, he's going to get the nod uh, with the hammer injured. So that's a it's a good opportunity, I guess, for Drinkwater to show his class again. Yeah, dual position player as well. So no doubt he'll be a, a draft target this week if he's on the waivers. Um, I did have a look at his scores when he does play fullback. Not the best, but I don't know. If he can get a good go at it or even uh, find his way back into Jersey 14 at some point, then not the worst to have uh, there. I'm just reading down this list here, Tommy, in terms of our, our talking points. Nanai overrated, in my opinion, on Supercoach. Now, <laughs> care to explain this one? Because I'm not going to disagree with you necessarily, but tell us what's led to this. Well, look, um, it could be very early to say these things, but he's, he's averaging 57 that is massively boosted by the score. We got 100. He scored three tries, all from kicks. Uh, he scored a try against the Raiders another week. He only got 35. And then last week, he only got 37. I just don't actually... Like, obviously, he's been cheap. And if his break-even's low, you're going to have him in there. But I just think going forward, he's going to be someone you're going to want to get rid of because he doesn't really have amazing base stats. And he's going to be in a side that's not going to score a heap of points this year. So I'm not saying he's not a great player, but I just think tread with caution with him, perhaps. Yeah, if you've missed him to this point, I'd be hesitant to even bring him in this week. I know his BE is about 2 or minus 2, but I think he's got one good week left in terms of being a cash cow, a genuine option, because as soon as that break-even gets to about 50, that's where I, I know where you're getting with this. If he's not scoring tries, then suddenly it's it looks a, a tough ask. Um, you mentioned there that he did score a hat-trick against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. No one saw that coming at all. I uh, just want to see here, topsport.com.au, what he is to find a, a try this week. I can't see it, but I'd say he'd be probably about $4, $3.50. Here he is, $3.45. So if you think he can buck the trend and make Tommy look like an idiot, $3.45, the price you're getting there. Um, the hammer, how long is he out for? I think it's three or four weeks. Yeah, at least, yeah. Ch- is there. there a chance for Val even to move back to the back, do you think? Because I think he was good against the Broncos in the centres, but maybe found it a little bit tough to get involved. And in the end, he was just schooled by Joey Manu last week. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was great against the Broncos, but wasn't great the other day. But yeah, I don't know. I was half expecting him to be named in the fullback. But is it possible he just doesn't want to play there? Maybe he's happy playing in the centres because you'd think even he'd get a nod ahead of the hammer if he wanted to be the fullback. Maybe, just, yeah. maybe that's not him anymore. I, I don't know. Speaking of Cowboy centers, what are you doing with Peter Hickey this week? We might uh, hold it over to your, to your trades, but I think we said this a couple of weeks ago. I said, tread with caution. He had a low BE. The allure was there. You weren't the only one who got sucked into it. He just hasn't lived up to anything in the, in the last two weeks. No, his stats have just disappeared. His first two games were good, but like you said at the time, and you were completely correct, You know, there was probably five years of data there to say that he's not a great super coach player. So... He did suck me in a little bit, I'll admit. 
Don't want to say I told you so. Anyway, um, we'll leave that one there. Dollar ninety that game at you too. So if you're punting there, you might have issues. Call the G line. Uh, this one here, Broncos <laughs> Roosters, Suncorp. It's been a, a troublesome week for the Broncos off the field. So too on the field, they were dismal against the Warriors. And as we said at the top, the Roosters just starting to find some form. The Chooks, they, they're looking hot. Yeah, we'll talk about Brisbane first. I remember 2020, uh, just before the COVID hit, they were two from two, looking really good. I think I was talking them up to make top eight, top four. Then they just came out after COVID and were just awful. And you know what's happened since. And this year, they were two from two. Yep. Again, looking good. And what what's happened? They've just absolutely shit the bed, for lack of a better term. Um, disgusting the other day, really. Warriors never play well. Broncos just couldn't hold the ball. Surprise there's not many team changes because, yeah, I think some of these young players, maybe like Cobo and Staggs, they, they need a rest or something. Yeah. Um, keep doing the same thing over and over. Isn't that the, the definition of insanity? Was that an Einstein quote? Jeez, we're getting uh, philosophical here tonight. Um, <laughs> the Roosters, a dollar twenty six favourites. I expected to make it a couple of wins uh, on the bounce here. The Chooks, minus 13 and a half, and that's even uh, that's $1.85. So you're getting... Uh, less than even money there. Uh, the Roosters, look, I think they did what they had to do the other day against the Cowboys. Um, maybe took the foot off the pedal that second half, but the, the damage was done early. And Tedesco, Manu, Tupo, just so good getting out of their back end uh, with those three. Yeah, they just reminded the doubters, a.k.a. me, um, how good they are. You know, they were really mm. classy the other night. Um, and it really gets you excited if you own a lot of their players for the next few weeks. They've got a great run, as we've said a few times now. So I think those who have Roosters players are looking uh, pretty good. The thing, though, for the Roosters is is they'll be doing everything they can to make it uh, back-to-back because they, they lost round one. They I think they won round two. They lost round three. They've won round four. So important that they can make it uh, two wins in a row, or so just undoes all the good work, really. Um, just looking here at some other names uh, on the team list, still Nat Butcher holds out Angus Crichton in the back row. So if you're still holding Gus, you may as well just stop playing because he's lost a stack of cash and looks to do so again. Yeah, it's not something we saw coming, was it, really? Um, I moved him on pretty early, but wasn't expecting him to be on the bench long term. Nat Butcher's never really been a starter in years gone by, so. That is surprising. Uh, another name we see in the Roosters reserves is Joseph Suwali. Um, there's been a video going around the last few days of his highlights in New Wales Cup. Um, I guess we often see that with players that we're excited about. But uh, how far away is he, do we think? Well, he looks fit, doesn't he? And he looked the biggest one on the field. He's probably the youngest by far. He looked uh, the tallest, the strongest. And I know it's hard going off a one-camera angle in the New South Wales Cup, but he was bending the line. I think he drew four or five penalties from his carries however many he had he got close or upwards of 200 meters so that's what he you want and suddenly you pair that with the tupo and a teddy coming out of your end manu with some strong carries you're getting to those penrith levels of impact out of your back five takes the pressure off your forwards it's sort of like just this circle of motion that just keeps on going and going and going it fuels each other i can't let you get away with this tommy we got to mention teddy how do you feel watching teddy last saturday night because you traded him out. You must have felt sick the way that he was playing. He looked in a real mood. Yeah, I honestly think it could have been worse. Like, he only got 87, but it looked like he was going to get well over 100. Yeah. Uh, he didn't even score a try. He looked like he was going to score many times. Yeah, very. Uh, I was sick watching it, but uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to be trying to get him back. <laughs> 
Some team news for the Broncos before we push this one on. Billy Walters takes uh, Albert Kelly's six. Of course, I think he's done for the season with that foot injury. Um, I, don't, oh, I doubt we'll see him back anyway. And, of course, bad luck for Pat Carrigan um, taking in that uh, cannonball tackle. He'll miss what we think to probably be on Turbo's levels of four to six weeks and Kobe Hetherington there in Jersey 13 for him. Maybe maybe he's someone that we look at as a trade-in target, Tommy, because he's dual position, hooker to RF. I think he's around 280, 320K, something around that mark, and could be making some cash. So if we need to downgrade one of these other options, like a Connor Watson or even an Angus, someone like that, I don't know who you're playing with, but he could be an option to move to. Yeah, I think he's not a bad shout. Uh, the main reason is now he's going to get some more minutes. His minutes have been the main issue. He's been scoring really well, but only getting you know 30-odd minutes. But if he gets up towards 50, he's worth a shout. Uh, let's move on. This one will be uh, the first game. Canberra, uh, what, two games in a row in, in regional parts of New South Wales. Mudgee last week. I think it's a Wagga this week, uh, McDonald's Park. Um, they take on the Storm. Storm, heavy favourites here. $1.25 with top sport. Uh, the Raiders, $4. The start, 12 and a half. Uh, the Storm, they give it away. Um, and it looks like here, though, despite the loss last week, Canberra, they're sticking solid. No changes, despite, uh, you've called it here, a limpness in their attack last week. Yeah, we just look very uh, disjointed, you know. If we if we didn't have Jack White, and I don't know how we'd score any points, really. He's so far and away our best attacking player these days. Um, yeah, really not looking forward to this game, and I honestly don't think Raiders have any super coach relevant players at the moment. Yeah, we said that in the in the preseason, didn't we? We struggled to put any together. We thought maybe Starling. Um, what have you made of his, I guess, role coming off the bench, replacing Frawley, playing? 50, 60 minutes, whatever it is. Is he living up to what we sort of pinned for Tom Starling a couple of years ago? He burst onto the scene. The, the Damien Cook clone was what we, you know, it was easy to say or like in his style. I'm yet to see it really consistently from, from Tommy. No, I think that key word there is consistency. You know, he has the odd real good game where he looks like Damien Cook and... But then he, he just has a lot of games where he's passing. He's horrible at a dummy half, and that's why Ricky doesn't play him for 80 minutes because he just he's too up and down. So, yeah, I don't know. The jury's still out there, but he, he's named in the nine this week, so he gets another chance, so I guess, to show his skills. Meany again on that wing. So, Iremiah misses out. Coates has been in good form. Low break-evens for he and Pappenhausen. Are we tempted to move Munster on to Cody Walker or... Dylan Brown because both of those guys either low BEs, not in Cody's case, but he's got a great 10 weeks coming up Cody. Munster, is it a little bit um, you know, too soon to say that we should be shifting him on because we were here two weeks ago, happy to sit with him for the next 12 weeks. Two weeks later we might have him in the scrap heap. Yeah, look, it's a good question because like you say there, Brown's on fire, Cody has a really good run and we know what he's capable of when he's on. But then Munster was great up until last week. So, I don't know, maybe we're being a little bit too reactive there. But, yeah, I can see uh, all the arguments. Team news from Melbourne. King uh, staying in 13, which is good. I think I read today on the Telegraph that they're expecting him to get uh, dual position status in the coming weeks. So, that may help um, him to to find a place still in your Supercoach team if you're listening to this. Um, and if you're playing with him, he's been really good. And he seems to always be around the ball. He scored a couple of lucky tries. I had, uh, I won't say lucky because you've got to be in that spot. And that just shows you the type of player he is. He's in this Melbourne system. He's buying in. You're only in that spot if you're, if you're really buying into everything that Melbourne's about. And he's done that. Um, Brandon Smith on the bench again. And Harry Grant, 80 minutes the other day, you've said here. So 
Uh, Grant must be top of the priorities pretty soon, you'd think. Yeah, well, just I think that's a good point because um, probably the only risk I thought with Grant was maybe he won't play 80 with Smith there and whatever. But he's played 80 the other day. He looked great. He's got 85 without being overly dominant. Uh, yeah, he just looks the class hooker in, in Supercoach, doesn't he, really? He does. And uh, I think we spoke of Brandon, maybe, um, his dual position status and, and having him. But I don't know, that, that low score the other day, I didn't really catch much of the game. I was out. But what do you put that down to? Was it purely minutes related or is just Paps and, and, and Hughes and all these other names, Coates stole the show and there was just not enough Supercoach points to go around? Probably that. It wasn't the sort of tight tough battle which Brandon would go better in it was just to storm get the ball and go through go to the right side go to Paps and score so yeah probably wasn't the day for him but uh I wouldn't yep. be getting off the train if you like him just on Josh King before we do push on here break even this week again of minus 16 uh, and projected score of 43 projected cash rise of $44,000 that'd take him upwards of $150,000 in three weeks so um I think I said to you this time last week, Tommy, that I, when I moved to Josh King, I think I missed one price rise, and I said, it's better to miss one than to miss two. Maybe it's better to miss two than to miss three. Even still, you could justify trading him in this week. Mid-range option now, he's not an out-and-out cheapie, but still making cash, and if he is playing, I don't know, 40, 50 minutes, dual position player, you're not going to say no, maybe? Yeah, no, well, look, I've had him the whole time, but I agree, you know, you've got a massive price rise coming again this week pretty much guaranteed uh the only negative i see with him is that he played 15 minutes less the other day than he had the first three rounds so whether or not that was because they're up by 40 and he didn't need to go back on i don't know but yeah uh yeah overall yeah he's definitely one you want to have anything here we like in terms of any time try scorers um are we expecting points are you expecting points from this one is it a case of uh We'll probably talk a little bit of captains later and again on our socials tomorrow, but, uh, well, Wednesday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Um, try scorers, is Ryan Pappenhausen just going to do it again? Is he, is he a straight captain option this week? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, the fact that he's goal-kicking, I don't think our defence, Raiders' defence, is that good. So I think Storm will be in for a fair few tries. That'll give Pap some goals. And he's usually good for a try too. So, yeah, as a Raiders fan, I'm not really looking forward to this one. Dollar eighty four Ryan Pappenhausen anytime try scorer. If you can think you can get another hat trick, twelve dollars. So he's already shot to the top of uh, favoritism in the total point scorers market. Uh, we'll chat some futures very very soon, of course. All right, next game here, um, the evening game or the twilight, the middle game. Of course, daylight savings, so it gets dark at about five o'clock these days. Um, but the Rabbits and the Dragons, some big team news here. Um, Blake Taff looks to get his first go uh, for the Bunnies off the bench this week and Josh Mansell back in for Jackson Paulo. Yeah, I reckon this is a big game for South, isn't it? Because the first four weeks they've had four real hard games, especially the last three weeks against three of the best teams. Now they come up at home against the Dragons. I think this will be they'll be looking to make a statement here. First of what you say here, um, in inverted commas, easier games because you say they've had a wretched first four weeks, really. Um, if those sides, well, maybe aside the Broncos, but if those other three sides finish in the top six, top four, are you shocked? Probably not. Um, Latrell here named in Jersey 1, but Blake Taff there. How do they get Taff into the game? I know that Latrell may have been carrying a knee injury, I think I read, uh, earlier in the week, but... 
where does Taft get involved? Does he play 50 minutes like a Benji Marshall did off the bench? And I guess maybe what does that mean for the likes of Cam Murray, Jai Arrow? Because uh, I think Murray especially is probably going to be a popular trade-in either this week or, or pretty soon. Yeah, Murray isn't an 80-minute player. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Because Taff, is he a specialist fullback or is he a specialist halfback? What is his actual specialization in a, in a footy team? Yeah, well, he came through playing seven or, or six, predominantly seven. But then he's come out and may, maybe in defense of his good mate, Lockie Ellis, and says, well, he's not ready. Taff's not ready to, to run a team as a seven. Um, but I don't know how he gets into this game, if not for injury or if not at the expense of Cam Murray because he will play that 13 role. I don't think he's big enough to go on an edge unless they bring off an arrow and shift Murray to an edge. But I would say trade with caution around Cam Murray this week because, um, yes, he's got a good run, low BE, but there could be um, some less minutes and, of course, lower points to come with that for Cam. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I, Blake Taft there has thrown me a little bit about what to do with Cam, so I'm going to leave him personally. Uh, the Dragons... They've kind of fallen in a hole as well, similar to the Broncos, I guess. Uh, just not doing a lot. I'm really surprised that they dropped Tyrell Sloan. Um, mm. I know he's a young player, maybe with had a, had a few in, uh, injuries, sorry, errors in him. But still, I don't know. Moses and Bayer. It's not like you're bringing in someone who's a a gun fullback. He he really struggled the other night, and by I thought so. I, I don't understand really picking him over Sloan at this stage. Yeah, the one thing that Sloan has, which Mbai doesn't, and for all of Mbai's experience he doesn't have the speed anymore and I think he got found out a couple of times the other night didn't he off those kicks or you mentioned that um, Cartwright flick pass to to Moses he was just three feet behind where he needed to be and in the case of uh, the first try to Moses he just couldn't keep up with the number seven so yeah errors you're going to get that from young players but uh, uh, what do you also make of Jack Bird playing six he's involved but I think he looks his body's probably Five, ten kilos heavier than where it was when he played six for Cronulla in 2015. And he looked tired towards the back end of that game, Bird. I don't think he can fold his effort, but he just didn't look on the on the ball up to the up to the speed of where you need to be to play in the halves. No, probably not. Uh, he has the skill set, and he, he put in a couple of really good kicks, I thought. But, yeah, I think speed and fitness-wise, maybe he's a lock going forward. He looks yeah. a bit like a lock, ball-playing lock, perhaps. They just Their spine looks slow, doesn't it? And by Bird, Hunt, and McCulloch, would run 115 seconds. So I don't know what's going on there. They just don't have a lot of spark about them. So yeah. put me down for South by plenty this week, I think. I think you look at that. Yeah, you mentioned there Bird at 13. I think I agree with you. I think he's got the skill sets of a half, but a body of a forward. So it's almost the perfect storm for, for Bird going forward. De Bellin, you can easily push him to prop or, I don't know, find a way for him. Talatau, Moan on the bench again. So... Bad news for super coaches um, with Amone there. Very quickly, he can be shedding cash. I think he got a negative score last week. So who knows what's doing there? Um, probably a trade-out option this week. Anything else here, Tommy? Um, anything you like try scorers? I think Alex Johnston would be a popular pick. And if you're going that way, I think you'd probably back him to get two or three. He likes to score them in clumps. Yeah, maybe Cody Walker as well. I think he's due to have a big game. He hasn't really done much so far this year, and he, he obviously likes to put his stamp on games, and mm. Souths are probably flat-track bullies, let's be honest, and this is a pretty flat track, so I think you would get one. $3.75, uh, Johnston to bag two, and if you're playing with Cody Walker, uh, topsport.com.au, $2.68 anytime for Cody. I think that's that's probably a good bet there. Same game, ulti them up, and obviously... Do it responsibly. You wouldn't do it any other way. Uh, the Sharks and Tigers, this one on Sunday. 
Um, this one, a 4 p.m. game. I think we revert to the 2 p.m. game in a couple of weeks, uh, if not the week after this. Um, the Sharks here, I think I've missed a game, have I, Tommy? I think I've missed the Titans and uh, the Eels. Yeah, Let's man. jump it back. We'll get back to that. Bear with us here. Uh, Titans and the Eels, Saturday night, uh, closing us out. Um, what can you tell us in terms of team news and, I guess, uh, any returns, these Titans players coming back from COVID? Yeah, a few returns. Uh, Bo Firma is back, which is good news for a lot of people who have him. Philip Sami is also back. So the Cavalry does return for the Gold Coast. Uh, these two teams only played a month ago. I'm sure you'd remember that high screen game on Sunday yeah. Arvo in round one. Sammy did the Gutherino over, over Gutherson, which was a bit entertaining. But yeah, uh, since then, I guess Parramatta have gone from strength to strength. Titans have been pretty ordinary, I'd have to say. Wouldn't you love Gutho to score a try and do it this weekend? Get it back. And preferably down Sami's side, so uh, he's in close yeah. attendance. Parramatta, $1.39 favourites away from home. The start, 7.5. $1.39, that's just cream, really. Uh, put it in your multis this weekend. I think there's no way that they're losing. Uh, the Titans have shown nothing. I think they've got worse as the season's gone on, if that's possible. I think they look like strangers to each other last week. Their best game probably was against Para, as you say, in round one, where they they clicked they scored 28 points um they haven't looked the same team since no their attack on paper it looks amazing players like brimson Jaden campbell when he was there uh their forwards are really exciting for feeder but yeah it's just not clicking the last few weeks and that was one of the worst wins you'll ever see against the tigers the other day they were so lucky to win that yeah. they did not deserve it at all but hey back at home um against the team who they performed well against four weeks ago Maybe they can show up. I don't think they'll win either, but uh, yeah, look, you never know. Uh, Philip Sami is a decent in, I think. Yep. Yeah, let's talk about the Eels for a sec. Dylan Brown, we've spoken about him a fair few times on this podcast already, but geez, he was good the other night. I think I read somewhere today that if he keeps playing the way he is, he could be upwards in the next two, three weeks of $800,000. So this is where I think the conversation comes in, and you've got to sit down and take the emotion out of it. Yes, we want to have Munster, but is it in our best interest to have Munster? And yes, you're burning one trade, maybe two. But if that's worth $300,000 in a couple of weeks and you can bring in a Cody Walker who's primed, ready for this extended run of great fixtures, are we silly not to make the move to Dylan Brown this week? For what it's worth, full transparency, I haven't looked at Brown yet, but I can see reasons for it, and they're, they're pretty strong ones at that. Yeah, he's making a case. He's just, I'm not ready for him. I wasn't, he wasn't someone I was looking at. I remember the other night during the Eagles game, you messaged me and said, Oh, this is bad for us. Brown's going big. And I was like, Do people own Brown? I never know he was a big super coach relevant player. But yeah. look, obviously, he, he has some credentials now. He's averaging 85 this year. He's really putting his hand up, and the Eagles are a great attacking team. So, yeah, um, I'm going to have to start thinking about him definitely. And Moses there, I think he's under 600K or close enough to as well. He's really making a case to be away from Hines or Cleary, these two names who we said even this time last week. Funny what seven days can do in rugby league. They were the only two this time last week. Um, the beauty of hindsight, as you say. Uh, before we do move on from this game entirely, I think we have to talk about it. David Fafita, is he going to click? Is he not? And I had a thought today... I think he averaged 87 thereabouts at the end of last year. Now, we all know that last year was such a different year. Scores inflated, high-scoring games. If he's averaging 87 with 17 tries last year, 
What does that mean from him this year? I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago when I traded him out, look at his scores from 2020. I think that's probably a better indication of where he's at. And that year he averaged 60. So really, if you're still holding for Fido, I think he's just... You're not going to see those scores you did last year. I am still holding him, but uh, I'm starting to agree with you. Uh, I just, I don't know. I can't bring myself to get rid of him. I've got other things I need to do on my team, but you're right. He's probably not going to average 85 again. He's very frustrating to watch. Uh, he just doesn't get the ball. I don't know if that's his fault or if that's the Titans' halves' fault for not giving it to him, but yeah. he just doesn't seem to get involved. And the next few weeks, I've got the Eels, Manly, Cowboys, and then Panthers and Roosters. So it's not an easy five games. So, mm. yeah, perhaps... Uh, it is time to sell. No time like the present. All right, uh, let's move on from that one. I think, yeah, I mean, other loose notes here. Madison's still off the bench. Lane looks to have come back. I don't think he was there last week, Sean Lane. Um, so Mano back and Bryce Cartwright back to the extended reserves despite uh, his um, highlights last week, and that's what we'll call them. Uh, all right, let's get to this now. Sharks and Tigers. Um, this one we've already said, Sunday afternoon, 4 p.m., Sharks a dollar ten favourites or close enough to it, I think. Yeah, dollar ten. West Tigers seven dollars. Um, we're expecting some rain around uh, the weekend, Tommy. Sunday will it be clear? Because I'm thinking the West Tigers. I know I got sucked into it last week, backing it with a start. But seven and a half, a dollar ninety. If it, tell me, is there rain? Because if there is, then that looks big. But if there's not, then may, maybe it looks not big enough. Yeah, same chance of a shower. So it's sort of nor here nor there. But knowing Cronulla as you would, uh, it rains there at the best of times, doesn't it? Mm. So it probably will be a little bit wet. But yeah, it is a big line. Uh, the Tigers obviously have been awful, but they they can defend well on their day, and they have defended okay the last couple of weeks, so maybe they'll be able to keep it close. But those with Nico Hines, I'm sure they'll be uh, throwing the sea on him on Sunday afternoon. Yep, they will, and I think you almost have to if you're playing with him because, uh, I mean, you've brought him in like us in the last week. Um at somewhat of a cost because you missed his first price rise and, and you almost bought out of FOMO. But if you have him this week, it looks a great fixture unless, in your case, Tommy, you're playing with Nathan Cleary um, at seven. If you've got them both at seven, then then where do you go? Because Cleary against the Dogs will get to it soon. How do you just juggle these high-scoring options and picking the right captain? I think that's going to be more important this year than ever before because it's not as simple as just putting the captain on Tommy Turbo, closing the app, and coming back on Monday and seeing a score of 400. It's just not going to happen this year. No, exactly right. And I guess the other day proved that, you know, Pap's got 193. We didn't really see that coming. But if, if you were smart to put him on, you really paid the dividends. And then this week, yeah, Sunday especially, you've got Heinz and Cleary playing against probably the two worst teams in the comp, <laughs> who you decide to go with is going to really dictate where you're, where you're at at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, for the Sharks, uh, Talakai, you said he was enormous here last week, 17 tackle busts or something like that, a try. Could have had two tries if not for uh, an obstruction ruling there in the first half. Moylan looks good. Hines looks good. Kennedy looks good. The Sharks, they look good, really. I, I, there's no real faults for mine. I think someone said to me the other day that they're... Um, they can't make a top four because they're lacking depth. And I just I, I went back to them and said they've literally got coverage in every position. Metcalf can't make the team. Trindle can't make the team. Uh, McInnes is off the bench. He can cover four or five positions, really, uh, in that forward pack. Um, so the Sharks, I think, like we sort of said, you you were bullish on them in the preseason. They really announced themselves as a genuine top four team. And 
maybe even a top two team, depending how the rest of this um, competition pans out. Yeah, and another name there, I don't know, is he coming back, Wade Graham? I heard rumours yeah. he was retiring. I've heard people saying he's coming back. Do you have any intel? I think it was an April Fool's joke, and I think I, I went hook, line, and sinker last week. But, um, no, I mean, would you be shocked if he retired? Because he's what has he he's done everything in the game, Wade. And they've got these young guns there, and Wilton. Um, Talakai obviously can play in the back row. Um, we haven't even mentioned Britton Akora yet on the right side. Uh, Royce Hunt on the bench. Um, Hamlin Ueli, of course. I mean, there's just so many um, promising young types there at Cronulla. And then, obviously, yeah, Blake Braley, another name there that's come on in leaps and bounds this year. So the Sharks, they look really good. In terms of um, their other options there, uh, their wingers, they're doing great jobs this year uh, as well. Mulatalo and uh, Katoa, to the point about depth, Ikevalu and Connor Tracy still to come back to this team, you'd think, at some point. So... I think they're flush this year, the Sharks. I think they'll be there, uh, in, you know, if not the final week, the, the the penultimate week of the competition. Yeah, I don't think there's an issue at all. And as long as they can, I guess their key players like Hines and uh, Moylan and Kennedy can stay fit, that's probably the only thing that would stop them. Uh, just on the Tigers quickly, we probably say it every week, but, you know, where to? Where are they going to win a game? Honestly, if they couldn't win last week against the Gold Coast and they somehow lost in that ridiculous circumstances, I don't know. When's it going to happen? It's not going to happen this week, but um, what do they need to do? Um, move to Campbelltown would be point number one. Play 12 games out of Campbelltown a year. Anyway, that's a bigger super coach. That's not for super coach. We, we'll talk about that uh, over a schooner at the pub. Um, but in terms of, as you say, where are they getting their wins? Um so I want to bring up here topsport.com.au least season wins a dollar eighty to finish last the Tigers only four games play that that really says it all doesn't it? Well, it's hard to argue with it really. I, I don't know. They just you look across the squads in the NRL and they just don't have any quality. Um, they don't even have many injuries. Or well, they've got Hastings out obviously and Dewey mm-hmm. to come back, but. Look, I don't know. Even with them in, I still think it's a real weak team. So yeah, I, I feel bad for the Tigers at the moment. I. I had a lot of my life hating them but they're just so bad now I feel bad for them one last point uh, on the Sharks and Teak Wilton I know people have asked me a couple of times today and I think we'll get into our our listeners questions very soon but they've said is it too late to get in Teague Wilton knowing that Wade Graham's return is just around the corner Wilton's there he's making cash again this week he's already made a stack of it this week uh, this year rather is it too late to get in Wilton this week? Because it does look a good fixture, doesn't it? He could score a try, he could get another 70, 80 points, and suddenly that cash grab is even bigger and better. Yeah, mate, perhaps it isn't. He's not a player I've had a real close uh, look at, but you know, playing the Tigers at home, there's not many softer fixtures than that. And like you say, he's good for a try often. So yeah, I, I like it. All right, let's uh, wrap this one up here. Last game of the week, we've already alluded, it, uh, alluded to it there. Uh, the Dogs and the Panthers. This one, I think, is at Combank Stadium at uh, Parramatta, so somewhat of a neutral venue. Um, yeah, I mean, firm favourites here, the Panthers. A dollar nine. The uh, the betting really at the head-to-head, somewhat irrelevant. You think uh, Canterbury seven dollars fifty. The start minus nineteen and a half. Tommy, if you're down to your last fifty bucks this weekend, Sunday, which you may be after uh, a weekend on the punt, who knows? <laughs> Are you putting it on the Panthers at the minus or the Sharks at the minus 17.5? Who are you putting that 50 on if you uh, if you want to double it this weekend? Who are you most confident putting it on? Yeah, I'd probably get with Penrith. Um, I thought the Dogs the other day, like I know we all know they can't score, 
but then they just couldn't defend either. And I, I know they're still a great attacking team, but still, it was really, really pretty poor the effort they put up. And Penrith are just on their day; they're they're incredible. Uh, whether or not they actually care that much this week about this game, well, that's another question. Um, the doggies, first of all, Kyle Flanagan. Is he now the answer to their questions? It's a tough, it's a baptism of fire coming against the Panthers, isn't it? I think I said this to you in the um, after the trial game against Cronulla. I said they put him on with five or ten minutes to go against the Sharks. They were down by 30. I said whenever he gets a go, he's always thrown to the Wolves. This is exactly the case here. I mean, there's no worse fixture to bring him in against the Premiers who are unbeaten, um, scoring points at will. This could be another 10-0 job this week. I don't think it will. I think the dogs will find one try somewhere, but yeah, Flanagan is he the answer. If he wasn't the answer in round one, two, or three, four, even why is he in round five against the Panthers? Um, he has been killing it though in New South Wales Cup. This isn't a shot at Flanagan; it's a shot on the coach because I like Flanagan. I think he's a great player. I think he's just been handled uh, not fairly by the dogs, but um, it's it's not doing him any favors. I think bring him in this week. No, it's tough. Like, like you say there, they haven't scored many points this year. They didn't score last week. Penrith's the best defensive team in the comp, so I don't really see how they're scoring more than one try. So it's it's not going to read well from the end of the game, and it's not really going to be his fault. Um, yeah, for the Panthers, they look pretty much full strength apart from Brian Toto. Um, that left side, Tago and May, I guess... They're going to be two of the hottest prospects in Supercoach. They already are, but if yeah. you don't have them, you're probably just rushing to get them in, aren't you? Loving these guys. They're doing great things for us here in Classic. And if you're holding them in draft, you're just licking your lips. 123, negative 123, the break even this week for uh, for May. So that's an obvious get. If he's not 95% owned next week, um, I'll be shocked. I think uh, Isaac Tango is actually 70% owned or 71% owned. He's the most popular pick in, in the game. So these two really should be one and two next week, um, you'd think. And would you be shocked again if they bag another five or six tries between them this weekend? Because I wouldn't. No, looking at how the Dogs defended the other day, um, you'd have to think they're good for at least a couple between them. Uh, Nathan Cleary, talk about him again. He's obviously a captain option. But just looking at it in a broader sense, you know, his break even is 160. Mm. How close do you think you can go to getting that this week? That's the thing, isn't it? And you have to juggle it because I think uh, you either cop Cleary this week, and I think he scores 120 at least, 130, all, all things going to plan. I think they probably score seven, eight tries. He kicks seven or eight goals. He might even get a try himself. He probably has two try assists, two or three force dropouts. 20 tackles there's 100 points upwards so I don't think points are the worry it's the cash that you say there and if you do bring him in this week you're going to have to cop the loss on probably Schneider or Ilias so you're giving up not only the cash which clearly may lose at the end of round 6 after that Broncos game but if he comes out and goes bang bang with scores of 120, 130 you might not get that much of a reduction on him. So for that point, I think if you're getting clearing, if you're planning, oh yeah, I'll get him when he drops, you just got to get him this week, I think. Yeah, it's just the allure of those fixtures, isn't it? Like I probably did go a week early getting him against South and he might have been underdone a little bit, but yeah, Bulldogs and Broncos, two of the, the flattest decks you're going to get for Cleary. Um, I, I'm excited to have him now. I know I'm going to take a little bit of cash loss, but you know it's going to be worth it when he gets two scores over 100, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, and um, I guess the only concern to that would be 
if you've already got Nico Hines, I don't think you sell Nico Hines to get to Cleary. You might sell him for someone else. Uh, we'll find out. Um, but I don't think you sell him straight to Cleary because, I mean, he's got a great fixture on Sunday as well. So he could easily put up a, a similar score to Cleary at $200,000 less the price. Just on these try scorers before we move on, the first, it looks to be first eight or nine in the market are all Panthers players. The first Bulldog, Josh Adokar, anytime, $3.20. When was the last time you were getting $3.20 for Adokar to score a try? Uh, Isaac Tungor, $2.09, and Taylor May, the favorite, overall, $1.62. So uh, you're getting about $3.20, uh, I think, for both of them to score a try. I think that's a good bet. Um, throw it in your, in your slips this weekend with topsport.com.au. Speaking of Topsport, Tommy, uh, we might throw to a quick break on the other side we're going to do our team updates in trading places and we'll take a few of your questions as well from our instagram having a bet on sport this week top this whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds top sport will let you on for plenty and with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage top sport has you well covered so if you want to get the top odds every time bet with top sport top that download the app today Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Yes, welcome back. Uh, Topsport.com.au. How good it is to have them on board uh, again this year, doing good things. Uh, and and I really like these markets, uh, Tommy. We say it every week, but the futures markets, it's interesting to sort of have a look week to week at how these things uh, fluck and change. Um, let's start with the premiers. I think no surprise to see uh, Penrith as um, the overall premiership favourite. $3.70, that's firmed in the past couple of weeks from, I think, $4.50. The Storm, next best at $4.60. Roosters, $7.00. Parramatta, $7.50. And Manly on the back of the Turbo News, out to $10.00. I think the value here still sits with Cronulla at $12.00. Um, I can only see that price coming in. The others, $3.70 for Penrith, $4.60 for the Storm. I think they'll hover around there. The Roosters, $7.00, maybe a play as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you about Cronulla. Um, twelve bucks. I don't think they'll be twelve for long. I think the next few weeks we'll see them come in a bit shorter than Manly, probably. Um, Penrith, I still think three dollars seventy. I really just think they're going to win the comp. Honestly, if they stay relatively injury free, they've just proven a few times already this season that they're as hungry as they were. I think people were thinking they might have a hangover from last year, but they don't. So I'm really excited about them. Top try scorers, just on the back of last week, Ryan Pappenhausen bagged four. He's now equal favourite with his Storm teammate, Xavier Coates. Um, Alex Johnston, $9 there. Hasn't had the best start to the year, Johnston, but I think there's probably some value there, $9. Uh, you know that run. They've got, I, got, I urge you, if you haven't looked at South's next 8 to 10 to 12 weeks, go have a look at it because uh, he could be favourite come origin time. Um, and we know that he does score tries in twos and threes. Isaac Tango, $22, in from 27 last week. So some support there from uh, maybe some listeners of the Supercoach 365 podcast. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I do like the AJ shout because, like you say, in a few weeks' time, once South play these lower teams, he's not going to be $9. He's going to be a lot shorter. Whether or not he actually wins, I don't know, but 9 bucks is a good bet. And Taylor May, in the same light of thinking as Isaac Tago, 16 bucks, uh, sorry, 17 bucks for Taylor May. He's going to be getting a lot of good ball on that left wing, so mm-hmm. that'd be my two shouts at the moment. Yep. Oh, and still Sione Katoa, sorry, 23 bucks if you're interested. Not the worst. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty there. Just have $5 here, $5 there, and who knows, come the end of the year, you might be able to buy a case of beer or... Um, beer and a, and a packet of smokes if you're into that of course drink 
gamble, smoke responsibly, or uh, all of the above. <laughs> all right, Tommy, enough of nonsense. Uh, let's get into this. Let's start with your trades for this week, because I'm yet to really settle on mine. I've got yours up on our screens here now. Uh, just the two trades for you this week, and I can't help but to ask you about that first one there. Nico Hines out. He's only been in the team for one week, and the man you punted him for, Tedesco, straight back mm. in. The definition of burning trades, I know um, last week I got rid of Teddy for Hines. This week I'm reversing it, basically. Look, I pretty much committed to having Teddy and Paps for a large part of the year and not having Hines. Um, and then I really got excited last week when I saw the break even at 12 for Hines and I brought him in. But just watching Teddy the other night, I, I can't play Supercoach without him. They have a great run the next month, the Roosters. So I, I just have to cut my losses and get him back. Obviously, Hines... Good game this week against the Tigers, but then it does get harder against the Storm and Manly the following week. So I, I am willing to just admit I was wrong and just get Teddy back in, uh, even though it probably doesn't make a lot of sense from a trades point of view, but I have to do it. And the other one, Peter Hickey, the experiment was just completely wrong getting him in. He's been really ordinary and his break even's getting up there now. So he's out for Taylor and May. Uh, I probably. In hindsight, should have got him last week because he went big again. But uh, as you said earlier, you don't want to miss out a week later. And he's got break even at minus 100 or something. So yep. free money there, really. So bring him in as well. Important to know as well, uh, for first-time viewers, you've already got Nathan Cleary in your team. So no need really to trade boost this week. You've already used one. The remaining salary, all of that considered, your cheapies considered is impressive, 209000 You'll put that to good use soon enough. And your remaining trades, 33. So, um, I mean, yeah, plenty of positives there. Yes, you might have to, I guess, um, take your licks there with Hiku and uh, Hines. But bigger things await the Doja Cats, I think. Uh, looking freaky-deaky heading into round five. Now, I haven't really settled on my trades, but I will put up a little bit of a graphic on your screen here now. Not as um, complex as that one here. But we will throw this one up. Uh, this is where my head's at. Uh, as we go to air tonight, four teams, we'll put them up on our Instagram on Thursday. Um, so stick out, uh, or keep your eyes peeled for that Thursday, Supercoach365 on your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's where you'll get our final teams each and every week heading into the new week. Uh, trading out, Connor Watson looks to be the one to go. Look, he starts in nine. Well, he's named to start in nine, but he keeps swapping with Hutchison. And Sam Verrills is only a couple of weeks away as well. So I don't know really what that means for Watson. I grabbed him for the start of the year and probably performed that first or second week against Manly and not really living up to anything since. I don't think I'm losing cash on Watson at this point. So I'm happy to sort of set him free and trade him down to someone. TBC, Stags, and Schneider as well. They'll be on the uh, chopping block this week. I just have to work out who I'm bringing in alongside that other name there, Nathan Cleary. I know I want Cleary in this week, but where I find some, some cash for the others, uh, Tuolangi, Suwali, because I've already got these other names in May, Cooler, so I can't really go to those two either. So um, they're probably the three to go if I'm going to find way for Cleary, and I think that's the way I want to be playing this week with Nathan Cleary. Yeah, look, I can't uh, argue. That would leave you with perhaps Teddy, Cleary, and Hines, would it yeah. not? All four of them? Yeah, the big wow. four. And Munster there as well. Yeah, um, and yeah. Payne Haas as well. So um, that's the way I'm thinking anyway, heading into round five. And again, it's much as for this week as it is for next week because I like I love Cleary's next two weeks against the Dogs and in the Broncos. So I think if you're bringing him in, you'd rather go, well, you went maybe two weeks too early, but I think I'd rather go one week too early on Cleary. Yeah, 
yeah, no, I, I definitely like the theory. And you're going to have a great team. You're going to have a lot of big names there. I suppose the only negative which I would see is you have to use another boost yep. to do this. Uh, that's only going to leave you three boosts for the next, what, 20 weeks. Mm. Do you think that is possibly an issue? Oh, mate, definitely. Uh, I never planned to use two so soon. I think I'd always plan to use one to get Cleary in. And Nico Hines, like like to your case, was probably a spanner in the works. And I was almost at a point I felt I had to have Hines. I'm not disappointed the way he played last week because he made cash and I wasn't burned. If he came out and put on another 100 and I didn't have him, it's game over, really. Um, so, yeah, not the best result for Nico last week, but not the worst as well. I think I'd be happy playing with he, Cleary, Teddy and Paps for a long period this year. If it means I, I don't get to trade in other weeks, then, then that may be uh, the way I have to use it. That's our teams. As I say, stay tuned to our socials at Supergoes365 Thursday, 7 o'clock or thereabouts. We'll put up our final team list heading into the new week. Tommy, let's do our talking points. We'll wrap this up here. Uh, the first one, a friend of the show, Blake Moore, Blake's underscore Brushworks, the best painter in Sydney, says, Now is the time for Nathan Cleary. Non-owners got away with murder last week. Get on now. So Blake echoing the sentiments of you and I there that you'd rather wait uh, well, you'd rather not wait another week to get in Cleary. Yeah, well, you see a game against the Bulldogs and someone like Nathan Cleary, I think it's hard to say no this week. Um, I was hoping I was getting in before last week and it just didn't work out, did it? He only got 32 points, so it was very disappointing. But yeah, if you have if you don't have him yet, I think now is the time. I agree. Yep. Um, some other ones here uh, from Bam Bam or Big Bam Bobby Boy. Isaiah Papali'i, a good trade-in. If so, for uh, David Fafita or uh, I think that's Alicia Katoa from the Warriors. Um, I don't know Katoa's break-even, but I'd say Fafita would have a high one. Papali'i, he's been churning out points, or have I got that completely wrong? No, he's been going well. Uh, he's not someone I was looking at at the start of the year, but he's really he's doing well. He's averaging 74, a bit like the Papali'i of old that we saw at the start of last year. And yeah, Fafita, we spoke about, isn't really performing. And Eli Katoa, he is on the bench for Warriors now. And I got rid of him a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I'd have to agree. It's a good trade. Yeah, uh, personally, I haven't even looked at Papali'i yet. I've got issues everywhere else. And I'd rather be spending the money on Cleary at the halfback slot with Hines, with Teddy, with uh, with Paps there at fullback as well. So I haven't even looked at the forwards yet. Happy to keep getting away with Josh King's 50s. Uh, but that may end soon. Alex Brigo says, if we don't have Pappenhausen at the moment, should we move heaven and earth to get him? Well, I think he's got another negative break-even this week, Pappenhausen. So if it's not this week, it's probably never. Yeah, I think, honestly, you just have to have him, like, in your team. Storm, very rarely do they, uh, what's the word? They're fixture-proof. They rarely have a yeah. bad game. He's goal-kicking for them. He loves looming up in support for their line breaks. He's arguably the best player in Supercoach without Turbo there. Even with Turbo there, I think he's the best player in Supercoach. Um, maybe Cleary aside. I know fullback's a stacked position. Cleary in his spot, probably the best, but perhaps it'd be definitely uh, on the podium. Probably there with Turbo as well, to be fair. Um, Brizzy Kiwi says, Pappy, a lock for captain each week. Probably a great point, a little segue there. You just said he's fixture-proof. Love scoring tries, but I think... The only thing that I'd say no to this is that you may get a week that he plays on a Thursday night. You just don't need to go captaincy that early where you can maybe grab a clear or a Hines on a Sunday. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. He's definitely going to be one of your top three options every week. But yeah, it depends when he's playing. Carlin Hodges, is it time to get rid of David Fafita? Tommy, you're holding him. Um, is it because you feel he can just come good? Bigger problems elsewhere? Sorry, excuse me. Um, is it time to get rid of Fafita? Oh, look, it probably is in a way, but I just have other things I need to do. And uh, I still, I guess I'm just living in the past a little bit, waiting for him to still produce a big score. But yeah, he's not doing a lot. Good one here uh, from Escorad 6, Sam Walker to Nico Hines. Now, obviously, we know what Hines can do. We know what he's probably going to do this weekend. But we spoke of that Roosters good run. Is it sideways? Is it slightly up? I think uh, Walker will probably have a big break even, uh, whereas Hines would be 70-something. So I'd say no. If Walker was a, a 90% goal kicker, it's probably a different question. But him having the goal kicking, I don't even think it's it's a help, really. He kicks one out of two, so probably losing as much as you're gaining there. 24-59-41-35, his four scores so far. It's not very good. I know they've been harder games, but still, I, I'd want to see a lot more. So, no, we're saying, uh, well, I mean... Sorry, I'd say yes. Get, walk, yeah, sorry, sorry, get sorry. Get rid yes. of him. Yes, Walker to Hines. I wouldn't be bringing Walker in, no. Um, Max Ben James, Fermore versus Coates. Two of our favourites here, two that we found pretty early this year. Um Bowie Furmore, I'd had I had him in the playing Origin. I'd still barring another do- dose of COVID, he's probably there. Uh, Coates will be there as well, you'd think, uh, in the Maroons. So two quality players here, Furmore versus Coates. Where are you going? Because we know that Coates loves scoring tries, but when he's not scoring tries, he scores not that good. Yeah, these are two of my biggest errors. I don't have either of them. Uh, wish I did. I'd probably go with Coates. I just think he has such big upside playing with the Storm now and they're such an attacking machine and he's going to be on the end of a, a lot of tries, isn't he? Yeah, if he's playing left wing, I'd probably go Coates. The fact he's right wing, I think he's probably, I mean, he, I don't think it matters to him really, all the Storm in person, but super coach, I'd prefer him on the left. Uh, Bo Fermor, try scorer, plays 80 minutes um, and he has a negative break even again this week. So you could probably do worse than either of those two. If you're going one, yeah, maybe you just go Coates. Um, playing with a storm. AFB dropped. No, I think we've answered that. I think he's under an injury cloud there from Brendan Lasker. Mitchie Musket says, Boys, is it worth getting cooler in a draft comp? Uh, I think Mitchie plays a 10-man comp. Um, four to six weeks playing fullback for man- Manly or, or wing. Is it worth getting him their run considered? Yeah, I'd be getting him for sure. Uh, even 10-man, the depth isn't that good in the CTW position. And even if he's not a star at uh, fullback, as long as he gets a spot in that back line, worth a shout. Uh, last one here to wrap it up from Mitch as well. He says, how valuable is Turbo to Manly? Knights at $2.65 yesterday. Now they're $1.80 favourites to win um, today on Tuesday. So a good go for uh, the Knights considering Turbo's not there. How many points is Turbo worth in real life mm. to Manly? Is it 6? Is it 10? Is it 12? Yeah, probably two tries, really, isn't it? But my point I want to ask you is they've played without him a lot over the years. Surely they have now developed some sort of a plan to survive without him. Yeah. And at the Gary, I think it, the, you see this a lot when Alex Johnston moves to fullback. They're just so good on the wing 
that I'd be tempted just to keep him there. I know the the, the mm. I guess the allure would be for Des to put the more experienced Garrick to fullback, and you know he may be tested by the high balls, but. He's that good on the wing as a finisher. I'd be tempted to leave him there and give the young kid a go. Um, what was your question? Are they, are they got the plan to not or to play without Turbo? I think that well, comes they just, back they've to... They've had a lot of time to, uh, to, yeah. to adapt to life without him. They're going to have to find a way. Yeah, it's the, um, it was the million-dollar question. I think it's now under a million dollars uh, on the back of his price losses the past couple of weeks. Tommy, let's leave it there. Uh, another big episode of the Supercoach 365 podcast. Plenty that we've got through tonight, and I guess the key questions which hang over us. Do we bring in Nathan Cleary this weekend? We, well, I'm saying yes. You've said yes last week. Yeah, it went a bit early, but I'm happy I have him now. Uh, he's in some big scores, as are a few of the other big guns this weekend. We look forward to that. Obviously, bumper Sunday. If you can get to the pub on Sunday with your mates, do it. Um, enjoy a schooner or two. Again, responsibly with Top Sport if you are having a play. Enjoy your super coach this weekend. Here's for some more green arrows. We've seen a couple in the past two weeks. This is Tommy and Riser, Supercoach365. Find us on socials. Speak to you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.